Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 106th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. Before I announce our guest speaker, we're delighted to announce that we've smashed through 100,000 downloads and the podcasts are now being showcased and have excerpts of all shows live on the official Wolves radio station that streams 24-7. We've also still got our collaborations running with the Wolf Whistle Tipple at the Reeking Spirit, so you can get your gin from there, and Wet Your Wolf Whistle is still available at the Green Duck Brewery. So, I'm delighted to be joined this evening by Frank Nublay, five appearances for the Wolves between 2012 and 2013, scoring one goal. Frank, how are you, mate? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Yes, yes, Frank, I'm, I'm very good. I've been uh, hunting you down for the last few weeks, and I've... <laughs> I finally got the deal over the line. So, um, yeah. what I always do with the podcast, Frank, I always start right at the beginning. And, and, and so, you, I believe, started at Chelsea. Um, Correct. How was you spotted uh, by Chelsea, and, uh, and and subsequently getting your move to West Ham? Yeah, just to clarify first, the, the hounding down of me is because I've been so busy certain things and you know where I'm currently at right now I'm travelling back and forth to, yes. to where I'm playing and family and stuff like that so, oh of course but, uh, yeah but now I've got a bit of time this week as well so no, I'm really delighted to be on there it's a pleasure to, to, to speak to you thank you um, yeah, I, I started at Chelsea yeah. I started at Chelsea when I was a 13 year old boy yeah and then um, yeah my, my little brother was signed before me lucky enough while he was training um, and signing his first deal was under six and all the parents had to go there and you know it was a big day for the for the kids and I joined them and um, one of the coaching staff there just spotted me and said who are you I said I'm, I'm big brother of my, my little brother uh, he's coming to support me he just asked me where are you training right now and currently I was training at the wall and then Chelsea man just said to me look you can come and trial with us at Chelsea and I trialled for two days and I was signed within two days so that's my little story to, to introduction to academy football and then yeah I stayed there till I was 16 got offered this two-year pro but decided to go to West Ham yes because I wanted to really I wanted to be as close as I can to first team football I think in that time it was very difficult not many young players were playing first team so yeah I think the only people we could see like my contemporary ages and and you know a couple of years older than you were Danny Welbeck maybe uh, Daniel Sturridge was on the fringes so there weren't many players to look up to in terms of who's playing yes so I thought to myself you know I was the only player left from my age group from under 12s all the way up to you know f- f- you know, f- first team first pro level so decided to go to West Ham and Zola welcomed me very open arms so I believe uh, Jean-Franc who was the manager of Chelsea at the time when, when you, you you first got sort of spotted I think you I think Oh, I think that might have been Mourinho. Yes, okay. Oh, it could have been Mourinho. Just yeah, it could have been Mourinho. Mourinho was there for the longest spell. Yes, while I was there. That's for sure. Then we had Felipe Scolari. We had um, Angelotti as well. At yes. One point. We had Evan Grant. 
there's a lot of people coming in and out of the door. But obviously, I was still a kid coming through the ranks, and I was lucky enough to play up every age I played. Yeah. So I was playing reserve team football at 15 and under 15 level. I was under 15. Brendan Rodgers was my manager. Okay. So, yeah, such a small world. Oh. I- eventually, when I left to go to West Ham. Uh, one of my first loans was to Swansea, where Brendan was. So that was the connection there. Ah, got you. See, that was a bold move by you, Frank, to reject that pro contract at Chelsea, a club you've been at for so yes. many years, to yes. join to join West Ham. Now, yes. what's what's interesting about your move to West Ham? Eight Premier League top flight appearances, but your debut was against. Can you remember? Oh yeah, it was Wolves. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. I uh, come on, I come on uh, late in the game. Yes, I, I want to say we West Ham won that game. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. I think two two nil maybe or two one. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was two nil, and you come on for Carlton Cole, fifteenth of August two thousand and nine. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, well, fantastic day for myself. You know, I'm terrible with dates, but I do remember. I remember football moments, and definitely I remember coming in at Molyneux. Yeah, thinking this stadium is. Huge, <laughs> and um, no, because obviously before that, I, you know, I played at you know Stamford Bridge and yeah, and a couple other stadiums, but it was never for first team. When you play first team level, everything just seems bigger. The men, the players, you know, everything yeah. about it, the supporters. So it was a great day to come on and you know have a little two minute uh, run around. I remember I was tracking. Um, I think you had a player called Keo. Keo. Yeah, Andy Keo. Yeah. Yeah, Nikio, yeah, striker, yeah. He was a he was a striker, wasn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. I remember he had blonde hair. I remember tracking him down, and he looked at my got to get as close as I can, make my make my little impact while I come on. So ah, no, memories. Brilliant. I mean, playing under Zola, some of the players in the team, Mark Noble, Kieran Dyer. I mean, that was a you know that that must have been a fantastic club to be at at that particular time. Yeah, extremely lucky. I think as you get older, you realise you know places you've been at and you know how privileged you would have been to be surrounded by certain players. Yeah, yes. great group. Um, I think that first year I was there, we we just survived. I think um, about three or four places above the drop, and then the following well that that year Zola left. It was a very emotional year, very up and down um, year. But he he gave a lot of youngsters chances to play, and I was, obviously that's when my my Premier League. Debut games came through. I come on quite a bit. And, yeah. Uh, started a couple of games here and there. So that was brilliant for me, but it was really sad that Zola left that year and then, you know, Avon Grant came in and, you know, we went down the next year. So it was, it was tough times, really, particularly as a young player, because you see success in the Premier League, then relegation. Yes. And then managers change and then chances for you become slimmer and slimmer. Now, where you cut your teeth was arguably the Championship. Seven loan spells whilst at West yes. Ham. One of the loan spells, I'm going to forgive you for now, was at West Brom. Now, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll forgive you for that one, but you were quite right. Swansea under Brendan Rodgers, Swindon, Charlton, yes. Gillingham, yeah. Barnsley twice. Um, yes. Did you feel at the time that the Championship was your level, Frank? I guess if I wanted to play football, I think yeah. it's, it's been a thing, uh, theme in my career where, you know, I think the amount of clubs I've played for, you know, when I, when I speak to... Uh, you know the normal the normal fan and normal spectator yes and asks me questions how your career went and you know did you enjoy it have you enjoyed it stuff like that they always ask you play for so many clubs it's always been a case of wanting to play football I've never enjoyed just sitting still yes and uh, not getting a chance that I maybe when I was younger a bit more naive 
in terms of thinking I'm ready to play. But I think if I think any youngster, that attitude is if you want to play, it's a great attitude to have. Yes. And lucky enough, I was wanted at these clubs as well. So, you know, some loans went great, some loans didn't. But I think it's all it's all part of my learning curve, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed every learn from being honest with you. Oh, absolutely. And and Frank, that's quite admirable because it's so easy to be a young player in the top flight at a Premier League club or even a championship club, a big club like West Ham. Yes. And it's yes. quite easy to sit back and think, well, do you know what? I'll take my wages. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll see my contract out and then I'll get a club at the end of it. But for you, you just wanted to go out there and score goals. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no, definitely. I think even now, in the time we're living now, I think if you are a youngster at a top flight club, um, you tend to make, you might be on big wages and it's probably easier to, to sit still yes. and wait by your time and you know sometimes that can work for the better sometimes it, it might not but for me it was never about you know what money I was on uh, obviously money back then compared to what it is now has drastically changed for youngsters yes but I still think I would have had the same mentality I think I still have it now you know I want to I want to play as much as I can. If I think I'm fit and able, and I've I've got some sort of talent to show showcase, I want to I want to show it. So yes. that's definitely my mentality, and that's why I have so many loans in the spell of two years or three years, whatever I've been. Yeah, absolutely. Now you did your first your first transfer was actually to Wolves in 2012. Um, I believe this is quite interesting. Actually, I believe it was Mick McCarthy that done the deal to sign you. Um, and then you played all your games under Starla Solbakken. So how did the how did the move come to Wolves come about, Frank? Well, yeah, it was my third year at West Ham. Big Sam was a manager at West Ham. Um, funny enough, I scored my, my my only goal for West Ham. Um, obviously, I didn't have many starts West Ham yeah. as a youngster, but I come on quite a bit. And I played in that Championship year against Derby, scored against them. Uh, and then obviously they went on to to get promoted by the playoffs against Blackpool. But towards the end of the season, uh, I knew my time was coming to an end. I spoke to Big Sam. I said, "Look, I want to go try and make a career of myself yes. somewhere else." And he he, he agreed. Um, and yeah, Wolves is actually one of the first teams that uh, contacted myself and my family. So and it was uh, Mick McCarthy. Just wanted to find out, you know what. The ins and outs of why I would want to leave, and you know, I think he, he, he admired me from afar in terms of a young young player playing for you know the England setup and stuff like that. So um, I was really excited. Obviously, from, from all the interviews I saw of Mick McCarthy, I thought I was going to get a brutally honest manager. Yes, that, that would uh, you know put, get me in shape and maybe bring some home truths to me and get me playing the football I've always dreamed about playing. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, he, he did leave the he left his job or got sacked. I'm not sure. Can't remember now. But um, the deal was still in place, so it was just a case of whether I wanted to still go to to Wolves or go somewhere else. And I thought, no, I, I want to step out of London, get out of my comfort zone, and go go try somewhere, try somewhere new. And the Wolves was a massive club yep. at the time. That's how, that's what it felt like, um, especially with their history and stuff like that. You know, when you when you sign for a new club. You tend to go on Google and find out things, and you know I read a lot of stuff, and I saw there's a few young players there coming through as well. With and hopefully make some appearances like David Davis and Danny Bath. Yes, yes, uh, yes. People like that. So um, yeah, then obviously so back and was the manager, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> right, well, I mean, we'll, we'll come to the, the nightmare in a minute, then, Frank. I mean, yeah. you made a very interesting point there about home truths. Um, was you, was you are you the sort of player that that sometimes needs a bit of tough love? Needs to be telling where you're going wrong, or at the time did I, I did you need someone to? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I've, I've always preferred that. I've always preferred that. I think at Chelsea, um, a lot of young players get sick for maybe being too comfortable at their, you know, Premier League clubs or, or you know, Championship clubs, and being looked after too much or pampered. I think is the term people use. Yes. But if you're actually in it, for me, my experience is a bit different. I had managers that were very straight talking and um, wanted me to progress and always pushed me to my limits, uh, especially for a boy that came from London. I was. Uh, you know, I was didn't come from money. My family done everything they could to support me and my and my, my, my brothers and sister. Yes. So a very humble beginning. So for us, for, it was very easy to be hungry. Now it's just a case of direction. Yes. And then I think every young player wants their direction. You know, you, you look at young players now like Deli Ali. I always wish that he had a manager that he stayed with for many more years. Yes. To hone that talent. You know, there's many other you know players we could use. But for me, that's definitely something I, w- I wanted. So I thought Mick was that guy. Obviously, unfortunately, he wasn't there long enough. And then, yeah, we got to Solbecken. So the it was a, I mean it was a, it was a good start for you at Wolves. You scored in your second game against Northampton away, um, yes. which I believe was in the League Cup. So you your debut was against all the shot in the League Cup, one all draw. Then you, your second game, you scored and so did uh, Bakary Saka. We beat Northampton three yes. one. Great player, by the way. Oh, listen, Sacco went on to have a great career. Um, did. But you say Solbacken was a nightmare. Now, I've I've heard that of quite a, quite a few players who I've interviewed on the podcast. What? Right. How, how did it not work out with you, Frank? Um, I want to say, at first, I want to say it's more culture uh, difference with how he wanted to man-manage players. Yeah. And how he wanted to go about things. I think... Overall, he was a great coach uh, with great ideas in terms of how he wants his team to play football. Yeah. But at the time, there's a lot of experienced boys at the, at the team. Yes. Um, I remember, I think there was like Kevin Doyle's, yeah. uh, Ibex Blake, yeah. people like that, Roger Johnston, all them players, uh, Jamie O'Hara. So I came into a very experienced group. So for me, it was trying to learn off them and count on their experiences and understand where I can improve my game with you know, seasoned vets. Yeah, I think the manager wanted to go against that from the off. I think he wanted to reinvent the club. Yes, uh, maybe the direction it was going, which is obviously not a bad thing, but it's had the manner of how you do it. I think a lot of the foreign players that came in, I think he tried to force them upon the players that were currently there. And obviously, for me as a youngster, it's just very frustrating to see because I was yes. training really well. I think another attacking player was Bjorn Sigurdsson. I think he was yes, uh, yes, yes at the time. And for example, you know, nothing against the lad, but he, like he would get so much love and affection and time. Yeah. Whereas other players who are doing exactly the same thing and working, you know, working the, their socks off in training, maybe not getting the same admiration and chances to go out there and prove themselves. Yes. So I think that was that was the frustrating uh, element of it all. And again, I got to a point where TC was was there, uh, Terry Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Who I got on really well, and obviously he was part of the, you know, the partnership with Mick McCarthy that yes. potentially wanted to sign me before. So when he when I heard the news of them going to Ipswich or his going to Ipswich, uh, it was a no brainer for me. Oh, absolutely. Now with with Solbakken, I could understand it was a bit of a left field appointment for the club at the time. I can understand that the fact they wanted to go in a different direction, they was thinking outside the box. Yeah. But you're quite right. When you look at Mick McCarthy, for example, as a man manager, the way he speaks to people, the way he G's people up, the way he's incredible. But with, with Solbakken, all the tactics in the world that try and win your games, if you haven't got your dressing room on side, it's never going to happen, is it, Frank? No, it felt all a bit 
a myth and as I've got older now I, I I understand it even more now I feel like he he wanted to like I said reinvent how you know the club was viewed yes in terms of the players who were representing the club yeah which is fine I mean, listen obviously down the years you know you've had a, the Portuguese influence yeah uh, recently that's, that's been very successful but I also feel like that manager was it Nunes yes he was um he he got close to the fans. Yes, he made he made the club, you know, stronger as as one. I think that's very key. And I think we saw back and there was a, I don't know, there was a barrier, yeah. barrier there from the off. And it was like I'm I'm right, everyone else is wrong. And I think a lot of players in that change room, you know, took it that way. And obviously, as a youngster, you know, I think you, you you tend to not be a sheep, but you listen to what the older players are saying. And that of was course, the chatter in the change room. And it was difficult to. To not have that, have your backup already before the season's even started. You know, preseason was going swimmingly for me. I was really enjoying it, um, doing well in training, like I said. And then you know the games came, and you felt like you was already part of a B team when you know you've you've come in from from another big club as well, and, and expecting to get the fair chance that you know every player um, should get. So definitely, there was definitely a, a distance with the manager. But again, like I said, it's nothing to do with his tactics or management skills. It's more a case of how he led the group, and I feel like it wasn't it wasn't a great way of, of doing things. Yeah, I, I mean, very very eloquently put, Frank. So I think as a supporter, we did feel a bit of a divide uh, with Saul Bakken, and yeah. it, it was one of them where after Mick was so honest, and you know he'd speak to the fans and he'd come out and say things, we didn't really get that with Saul Bakken. Now. Your last two games for the club, one was against Bristol City, we won 4-1, which happened to be your last game for the club. I mean, winning 4-1 away from home, um, you know... Excellent results. Oh, absolutely, and I think Kevin Doyle scored, Sylvan Ebanks Blake scored. I mean, for you, you you probably almost must have thought that might have been the start then, really. I did, yeah. I did, um, and I remember it vividly as well. I remember having a feeling of our our team for that division... Was 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 superior. It was yes. a great team, great squad. Um, but even in the winning moments, and of course I was only there for a short spell, but even the winning moments, there was still a divide in the change room. I must say, yes, uh, particularly with the again the experienced boys. You know, a lot of them thinking maybe one maybe shouldn't be playing at this level. But while we are here, let's give it a right goal. Yes, but then also the influence of the manager. Was difficult, so you want to win the games, but you want to win it as a one. And it, just, it never felt like that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, mini, mini incidents in training that I saw that I, I, I'd never seen before. Actually, you know, West Ham was never like that. So uh, Wolves was it was a very, how can I say, it, very opinionated change room, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. You know, even with the likes when J- uh, Jermaine Pennant came in, change room. Yeah. Um, you know, he sat next to me and, you know, I, I would hear a lot of things that were going on and, you know, a lot of players may be envious of someone coming in that, you know, it's the biggest name in football. Yeah. But at the same time, there's players there that were, you know, played for Wolves for a long time and might not have been getting the same chances. So it's a very, very, very tough environment to succeed for a young player, I must say. But at the same time, I think I learned a lot from that experience. Absolutely. I mean, you was a young man at the time, Frank. I believe you was just sort of 20, 21. So, yes. for you, you're looking up to these more experienced players. When you say in, in the dressing room, it was was there arguments between, you know, certain players or the manager or was there just disagreements? Yeah. Yeah, just small things. Just small small things like, you know, earnings. There's a very big, big prints in uh, pay 
you know, sort of uh, wages. Yes, you know, yes. These, these are not things, you know, people from the outside might hear this and think, oh, that's very petty, you know, footballers get paid handsomely. There should be no issue with what's going on in, in, in terms of money. But it's very evident of who was still on maybe, let's say, prem wages. Yes. Compared to who wasn't. And then obviously the new players who were coming in, uh, which we signed, some terri- we signed some terrific players as well, by the way. Some great players. Oh, yeah. But, but it, it, it doesn't... It, it's how you mix it and how you, how many you sign at once makes you know the change room one you know little yes. bonding sessions and stuff like that. So it's very difficult to comprehend. Uh, so very difficult to understand why players were we had, we had the young players like Doherty, right, who's coming through, yeah, uh, doing really well. But then we also had older players like Ward. Um, uh, Kevin Foley, yep. you know, great lads. Yep. But at the same time, it was like everybody was a bit in limbo. Like, who's going to be playing this year? What, yes. What are we going with? Yeah. Then we signed seven or six players, you know, from France and Poland. And, and that's right. There was, from, I think there was Slavomir Pesco. There was uh, yeah, George Margarita. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Great name. Great. Hey, listen, great pizza. <laughs> Sarko with another French lad in the field, a uh, tall French lad. Uh, Tongo Dumbia? Yeah, Tongo, yeah, he was a great player as well. He's yeah. Um, yeah, so some great players again, but then you had youngsters like David Davis who thought, okay, I played a few games last year, maybe this year I'll get a sniff, you know? So it was just a very complex environment and yes. definitely not somewhere I thought it would be before signing. But then I got there and I, you know, I, I loved the town, you know, I lived. I lived in Wolves. I lived in Tetnell Road. Yes, yes, yes. Tetnell Road. Yeah, I lived in Tetnell Road. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really, I really enjoyed my short spell there. Yeah, it's one of the places I do regret that I didn't stay longer because obviously they went on to, you know, win the uh, get promotion. Um, having went down to League One, is that correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding. Yeah, 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 yeah under yeah. under Dean yeah. Saunders, so bless him. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. So it, it just goes to show you how much clubs how much history clubs have because this generation now today won't realise that Wolves were in League One and had to go win that you know win uh, promotion <laughs> some young players and older players and stuff like that so I remember all of it I still follow the club ever since I left oh I mean Frank absolutely I mean when we got relegated from uh, the the championship. There was still a nucleus of players you played with, and and that team arguably was good enough to to probably win the league. When you looked at what we had on paper with George Ellicott, Carl oh, Henry, and, fantastic and, team. Oh, Carl Henry, the moaniest player in the world. Oh, listen, I know Carl personally. He loves a moan and an argument and a debate. Bless him. <laughs> but what a player, Frank. What a player. What a player, captain. Fantastic as well. No, a great, great lad. Used to take people out in training every day as well. Took me out a few times. Used to chuck a elbow in every now and then when I dropped on his head. But I loved it. Uh, listen, I, I, I've played in a couple of charity games with Carl, and he still plays now as he would if it was a championship decider. You know, he <laughs> yeah, yeah. he he really does get stuck in. An interesting point you made, Frank. A very interesting point you made, and I want to come on to it now because you talk about wages, which is so important because football is an industry like no other. So. Correct. If you're a driver or a salesman, you're working in an office or a factory. You're on the, relatively speaking, you're on you're on pretty much exactly the same money as the person next to you. Correct. With football, there can be on someone on ridiculously high wages who isn't in the team, and the guy who's doing all the hard work in the team is earning a pittance. I mean, that yes. that happens, yes. doesn't it, Frank? 
it does happen. And obviously, I think, well, I can openly say, it, I, I came in as probably one of the lower, no, not probably, definitely one of the lower paid players at the time compared to the boys who were, you know, have come down from Premier League and still were signed and obviously the influx of the new players that came in. Yes. So, obviously, I'm sitting down next to players, you know, relatively on, you know, big money. Yep, you know, yep. We're talking over 15, 20,000 a week, um, which, I, you know, which I was nowhere near. Yeah. But, you know, my hunger doesn't mean that I've got more hunger than they have. Of course, they've had their careers and they still want to carry on and do well for the club. Yes. But it, it's just hard. It's just hard to mesh that all in one. Absolutely. Especially with a new manager and, you know, new players coming in. So all that was very difficult to handle, I, I thought. And I think that's why maybe the club did go go down. But sometimes you need to go down to go back up and have well, days. Uh, absolutely. Now, you got your chance then to be finally reunited, or united, we should say, with Mick McCarthy. You moved to Ipswich for, I believe it was £25,000 in 2013. Um, yeah. You played over 50 league games for Mick. Yeah. What was your well? What was your time like at Ipswich first, and what was your relationship like with Mick McCarthy? It was, yeah, it was it's everything I wanted to be at Wolves. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, the time yeah. I had with Mick, um, yeah, he the minute I got there, he just said, "Look, you've left a great club, but you've come to another great club, so you know, don't worry about your short spell there." Um, from the get go, he said, "Look, you're going to be on the bench for the beginning." And work yourself into the into the certain lineup if you deserve it, and that's all I needed to hear. Yes, it gave me that carrot that uh, you know I could keep chasing um, and keep trying to nibble at in training. Yes, and which, is, which is what I which I eventually did with him for the two and a half years that I had with him. So now it was a great time. And even now, when I because I still live in the area, I live in Ipswich now. Okay. Um, it's funny that you know I look at the team now; they're doing really well in League One. Hopefully, they get promoted, but. You take things for granted at the time when I see the supporters. I walk, you know, I see them every day. They talk about the times that they had Mick, and you know, Mick always comes across as a very dull guy, very monotone. You yeah, know, could win three 0 And I remember coming home sometimes, my partner would be like, "Mick didn't seem very happy today in his interview." He just won three <laughs> 0 I'm like, honestly, that's that's him. Yes, that is literally him. He'll be buzzing in his inside and probably tell us in change room everything that he thinks, but to the public, he never. Express. He was a very dry, humid yes. person. So, no, I, I definitely appreciate him. I can see why he had success at Wolves as well. I mean, Mick was at Ipswich between 2012. Uh, actually, he was there between, yeah, 2012 and 2016, I believe. Or might have been. Yeah, no, actually, it was. There, yeah. Actually, I 2018. Think I think he yeah, was. I think he might have done six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. It, 2012 to, to, to 2018. We've got Mick McCarthy actually coming on the podcast soon, Frank, which is which is good oh, news. Brilliant. But what yeah. what. I think Mick's still got a crawl, you know, something stuck in his crawl with Ipswich because the fans got on his back towards the end and I couldn't understand that at all. They did, yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I, thought, I still think to this day it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like I said, they take things for granted. Look, the peak, he kept the club in the championship for all them years. Yes. You know, no one has a right to be in any level, as we saw with Wolves. Yeah. Um, and many other clubs, you know, Portsmouth, you know, big clubs, Wigan, all these clubs have you know, yeah. gone up and down. Double dipped, yeah. Leagues. Yeah, and it's been it's, it's difficult. And if you have a manager in place that is, you know, consistent in terms of, you know, where you, where you are in the league, mid table, maybe sometimes we were just above the drop zone. One year we got into the playoffs, played Norwich, lost to Norwich. You know, so you had a good times at Ipswich, but I think it's more the style of play. You know, there's yeah. one phrase that Mick always used with us 
was up, back and through. He loved that move, you know, play it forward to your striker. He has to hold up. He sets it onto a midfield runner or a fullback runner. Yes. And it's something that we're start. We played constantly. We were relentless with it and teams can handle it. And as a young player, all you want is simplified information. Of course, there's more to it. Yes. Just to share some of the small things that Mick used to, used to tell us every day. And we train like warriors in training. Everything I think Mick was probably as a player. Yes. Um, he, you know, he installed in us as a, as a team. And every there's not one player that can say a bad word about Mick that was at Ipswich, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he looked after everybody and he definitely looked after me. So I'm very thankful for him. And I spoke to him and TC recently when, before they got there. Well, when they got their Blackpool job. Yes. Just wishing them luck and um, just having a little catch-up, really, particularly with Terry. Yeah. I mean, we've had Terry on the podcast, you know, I love Terry to bits, and he was chucked under the bus at Wolves in the end when when Mick got sacked. But for you, what was your relationship like with Terry? Because all the players that played under Mick and Terry said Terry was a really good guy. Yeah, a really good guy. I understand why Mick probably kept him, as well as kept him in all his jobs. Yeah. He's done. Um, loyal, loyal person. Um, you always want that uh, manager to. You want a middleman always to be, you know, someone that you could trust, but also be honest with you. Yes. And there's a lot of assistants out there that tend to tell players something different to what the manager's thinking. Then you get lost with translation with the information that's coming back to you. Whereas yes. Terry, he literally was everything that Mick was saying. He was the walking, talking Mick. Yeah, the twin. Um, but obviously, added his own stuff to it in training. and took a lot of the training sessions. Mick got involved a lot, but TC always done a lot of individual stuff. So all the attacking players, he would take them in the morning before went out to training. So, you know, that's the, probably the only coach that's done that with me for, uh, uh, for my whole career. Actually, okay. All the attacking players go out before the whole team does, and we do a little shooting drill and a bit of fun. But at the same time, all the attacking stuff, and we've done that relentlessly at Wolves and at, um, at Ipswich so no he was definitely a, a personal coach that I've really appreciated over the years and yeah he's, he's the same person you speak to on the phone and the same person you see on the TV yes yes at, they're, they're at, you know I hope they get back into football soon again because um, yeah, yeah football absolutely now after Ipswich um, you you went completely east and you yeah. You went to China. I'm trying to pronounce this now. Tian. Oh, anyway, go for it. Yeah, Tianjin, Tianjin Songjiang. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. Tianjin Songjiang. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. I mean, before that, I studied, I studied Midlands. Though. I went to Coventry. Yes, you did. Coventry, yes, you did. You yeah. did. That's right. Um, I enjoyed that very much because I lived in Leamington Spa. Great yes. Area as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love Coventry. It just reminded me of being. Like, it reminded me of a little bit being living in Wolves. Um, yeah, just up the nice. road as well. Yeah, just up the road. I don't really know what the the rivalry is between Coventry and Wolves. Oh. There is one. <laughs> Mainly between West Brom. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm only messing. Um, yeah, no, Coventry, yeah, great time. Yeah. Um, had, uh, uh, we called him Elvis Presley. His last name was Presley. He was a manager. Oh, Stephen Presley, um, the Scottish guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, great. Yeah, great man. And Tony Mowbray for the second half of the season. Oh, of course, yeah, Mowbray. He was born. Yeah. So no, great time there. But then yeah, I went on holiday, and then I got a phone call back China, which was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I packed my bags, went there, and I uh, never came back <laughs> for a year and a half. <laughs> uh, did 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 uh, did you miss his move over there with you, Frank? 
Yeah, she did. Yeah, she came over with me for the first, I say, seven months, and then yes. she fell pregnant. So we didn't want to have the baby in China. Yeah. So she came back, and unfortunately, this my last part of my, my well, my last six months there were difficult. You know, there's a rule there where only three foreign players can be outfield players in the pitch. Right. Um, and the two players that were with me the first year, which we had a great, great half a year. Um, they left uh, contract. I still had another year. The manager left, so the new manager came in, told me he was signing Ronaldinho, Pato, and Fabinho. So I knew right. I was going to be, <laughs> I was going to be fourth in the list. Um, but I stayed, um, I stayed strong with it all because you know I moved, I moved countries and coaches. I wanted to, I wanted to stay there and play. Of course. So um, yeah, I didn't leave. Uh, if I wanted to get paid, I had to stay in the country as well. So they made it quite hard for me. Yes. But eventually, I, I stayed there for half a year and then came back to England. And lucky enough, Justin Edinburgh uh, gave me an opportunity. Rest in peace. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, uh, do you know what I mean, Justin? What what a shock that was. What was Justin like to play under Frank? Uh, amazing, amazing person. The most humble individual, probably as a coach, I've, I've had. Um, yeah, I couldn't speak more highly about him. Um, he understood my situation when I came back. Yes. He, you know, he understood that I was a, a talented boy still and you know, I just had a hard time in my last six months at China. And he just made me, he gave me a, t a place to train, first and foremost, for a month. And, you know, in October time, I think it was. And then, but then he got sacked in, in January, so I couldn't extend my, my time there. And then I went to Phil Brown at South End. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Phil Brown for Fidek. I know. Honestly, I probably had a top ten of managers, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say you've played for some right characters. Oh, honestly, up and down the country, but some top, top, funny people and weird, weird, weird styles of management. But I've had them all. Yeah, Phil Brown was amazing. Um, the most tanned coach I've ever had as well. That's um, it, because he, he always used to wear the uh, his, his jumper, his sweater, as he probably calls it, over <laughs> tied round his neck, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he loved it. He loved it. He, he really loved himself, but at the same time, he had a yeah. great character and charisma. And then he passed it on to the players. So, no, I had a great time with him. So, um, yeah. But again, see, that's two clubs in the space of four months. That makes it look like, oh, what's going on with him? But the circumstances always change. But lucky enough, I had an opportunity where people, you know, wanted my talents. And I've gone there and I've hopefully given it everything I could. Absolutely, Frank. Now, the, the argument could be, uh, you know, you, you, you're still 31, you, you're at Torquay, yeah. um, there has been 18 clubs, um, yeah. obviously. No, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen I, I'm not obviously criticising that, by the way, because there's a lot of circumstance. Would you, Can you be honest with yourself? Have you made the most of your potential, Frank, or would you say... Um, no, no, no. Yeah. There. Okay, okay, that's 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 completely no honest. And why do you say yeah, that, Frank? For me personally, yeah, yeah. For me personally, the reason why I would say that is because of um, uh, no, because of myself. I know, you know, what my body uh, was capable of doing from the age of eighteen. You know, when I turned pro, or yes. sixteen, all the way up to now, and what I can still do now is more a case of maybe some decision making, not always being naive and choosing to jump ship. Maybe sticking through some hard times yes. in football, but at the same time, maybe because of my upbringing in football, I never had hard times coming yes. from uh, Chelsea. Yeah. So all I knew was, you know, great times. So it was weird for me to go somewhere and, and no, uh, um, in the first month, maybe not play as much football as, as possible. It was weird. I didn't understand it. 
that's not me thinking I'll be headed or better than any player. It's more a case of believing in myself. Yes. And if I didn't feel that from a manager, I tended to, to jump ship. That's why my time at Ipswich was great because I was there two and a half years. But even but my last half a season there, you know, he signed some new players and I got I went down the pecking order a little bit, maybe to third choice. I was still coming off the bench. But I told Mick, oh, I'm, I'm 23 years old. I, I, I don't, I don't think I should be sitting on the bench. I want to go play football for someone and make make some fans happy somewhere. Yeah. And he told me the blunt truth said, Frank, grass ain't always greener. But at the same time, you do. If this is in your heart, it's going to be hard to to swallow it. Absolutely. So go, yeah. Go go out there and play football. So I definitely put onus on myself and decision making. But I also know if we, if you dive into the detail. Understand that I didn't want to leave Wolves, but I think the circumstances chose that for me more than myself um, and other other places in China and then coming back here and stuff like that. So no, I definitely put onus on myself, but I think at the same time I've still have had, I've had a good career and I've enjoyed oh, every well, second of it. From the I was going to say that Frank, you know, it's easy to, to to look at the number of clubs and loan spells, but I mean a lot of these were loan spells as well, but. I think it's now just under 300 league appearances and, and over 50 goals. You've played at every level of the football league. I mean, yeah. that that's some career, to be honest, Frank, considering oh, you're yeah, still only 31. It. Yeah, no, I've loved it. Even now, for the, even like, for example, now, Colchester this season, um, I was there for four and a half years. You know, I went to Plymouth in between that during the COVID year. Yes. And then came back to Colchester. Um, so probably my longest stint at a club. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so towards the end of the season, I knew it wasn't going to get extended. They wanted to go on to, you know, different uh, avenues. Um, ended, my, ended my deal, and I could have sat at home for the last three months, or so two and a half months. But I chose, I could only go to a National League side, and I chose a team that I thought needed some help. And I, a team that I thought I could help, and it could look good on me, but also, you know, I could okay. help the team. Yeah, so I chose to go to Torquay. And I had other options, mid-table, um even an opportunity to go to I spoke to Rex and said he could be a squad player because we've got you know players up top who are doing really well which I understood yes but again I didn't want to go somewhere and just pick up a wage I wanted to go and make a difference somewhere so I chose right at the bottom of the, the table and um, yeah we've won five games in a row lost one drew one so it's been a great stint yes at the minute where you know we've got one game to play and it's going to be very unlikely for us to stay up but just the story in itself that makes me happy you know, it's the memories I'm going to be making here. And again, it's only a two-month stint, but that's another club on my CV where you could go, well, that's another club. But at the same time, if you look deep into it, you can say, okay, now we've done really well there. And, you know, he's enjoyed his time, he's made a difference. Now, where do I go next? That's well, the way I'm looking at it. Well, Frank, that's, that's, that's very admirable because, yes, you could have quite rightly sat at home, picked up the wages at, at Colchester. But equally... I mean, equally, that, that it wrecks him, mate. Going up that red carpet, going over to Hollywood for pre-season, <laughs> mate. I'd have been on it like a car bonnet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, it's, no, it's, it's a great story what they're going through. Funny enough, we actually played them uh, this Saturday coming up. So okay. Celebrating, I'm sure, their, their title um, away at Torquay. But obviously for us, I think we need like a four, a four or five goal uh, win swing. So we're going to be going all for it. Very unlikely, like I said. But hey, listen, like, Frank. Yeah, anything is possible in football, and the, the fact that I'm in I'm in a moment like that for me it, it brings me joy to why I've started playing football. So wherever I go next year, whether it's back in the league, which I'm hoping it will be, but even if it's not, wherever it will be, I'll be looking to create another story and hopefully have another great manager under my belt. 
you know what, Frank? That's that's quite a refreshing way to look at things and, and to hear a young man speak like that because some players are hell-bent on staying in the league or even playing until, you know, they're, they're, they're way past it just to, to, to keep yeah. this career going on or chasing a dream. I think you're quite philosophical yeah. and realistic about it. And instead of, you know, you're actually trying to create memories more so. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, it's not. It's not hard for me to even think this way. If I'm being honest, it's, it generally is. And we speak. I was speaking to my partner the other day. We're saying how lucky we've been to see these many cities and towns and people yes. and stadiums. And you know, I scored the first goal back at the Rico. You know, that's another history for me. That you know, yes. that stadium got reopened. It's, it's, uh, these little moments are big moments for me to again. You know, exp- express that to my kids. That I have, I have three kids now, so. You know, it's going to be something I can look back on. But again, I'm only 31, so I'm looking forward to another, hopefully, you know, six, seven years of... Absolutely. hang it up. Mind you, if you've got three kids, Frank, you could, you, you probably need to play for another 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, some may say the son came last, so he's literally just been born. He's two months. Oh. So, yeah. Bless you. Yeah. We're about to turn seven old daughter, so she's probably the closest one. But obviously, we can't mix, can we, boys and girls, can we? So unfortunately. Ah, uh, well, well, my my son's just gone fourteen months, so I uh, I sympathise with the sleepless nights, yes. Frank. Oh, mate, honestly, Mrs. <laughs> loves this period. I'm less less for it. I yeah. To talk and walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my son now, he, he's walking and oh, now he's just getting into everything and opening cupboards. Oh, anyway. Oh, bless <laughs> but I wouldn't change it for the world. Now, you mentioned... Oh, talk, talking about family, your brother Joel uh, is a, is a yes. professional footballer as well. And I believe, yeah. and we're going to come into your international career very shortly, he's an international yeah. for Cascadia. And I'll be honest with you, Frank, I've never heard of that country. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. I think that's 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 false information. Oh, there you go. Well, you see, yeah, this is um, this is what happens when I look at Wikipedia to do to do a <laughs> to do a bit of research. You see, so but I know he's been yeah. playing up in Scotland, hasn't he, Frank? Yeah, he has. He has been. Yeah, so we're both um, Ivorian descent. Um, yes, and he he did play for for in a tournament. I think an under nineteen tournament a few years ago. Yes, uh, for Ivory Coast, but obviously that's not the first team, so he can still play for you know. Whoever, yeah, England or Ivory Coast, but no, he's um, he's yeah, he's doing really well. He's had a different path to me. We both came through at Chelsea, but he got let go um, at under fourteen, and then um, he just found it hard to, to get another academy team. Yeah, ended up going to Dagenham in non-league, and then one young player of the year there, then done his cruciate, then he was out for two years, picked up a job as a postman. Then um, signed for all the shot after the trial, and then a year later he's playing against Celtic and scoring uh, scoring a goal at, at Rangers and Celtic. So no. he's got a great story. Uh, oh. I'm really proud of him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's their top scorer this season. You know, he's doing really well, uh, and I think I think they're trying to they're trying their best to you know get some money for him. I think and try to sell him to club in England so hopefully that goes well from this summer if not this summer then it'll be next year but he's really enjoying his time in Scotland and yeah he's, he's just a, another blessing that I get to see and encourage and speak to yes. him pretty much every night about football um, yeah so no brilliant have you ever played against each other first team or with each other no, or against each other no we haven't and this this is one thing I think my mum's she's always joked about I said, oh, look, well, you know, wherever you go, French, she's always put the pressure on me. Mention your brother. Mention your brother. <laughs> Brilliant. Mom, it doesn't work like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
to the club. And she's always got the impression of, oh, frankly, like you've always been blessed to have been, you know, uh, liked by clubs or certain managers, and you can have that influence. But he's gone and done it by himself. Yes, and, you know, he's having a great career. You know, SPM, you know, Scottish league is no nothing to be laughed about. Absolutely, uh, and. And yeah, he's doing really top flight football, isn't it? So he's doing really well. And obviously, like I said, he scored against Rangers twice this year, home and away. So these are what dreams are made for. So hopefully, he can keep going. He's 20, 26, 27. and um, yeah, he's having a great, he's having a great time. I mean, so hopefully, see him, see him soon in England. Hopefully, if not, if not, staying in Scotland. I mean, what's so interesting there is Frank. It's that you know you say that that he got a job as a postman, and it's quite humbling. And it's it's almost after you've yeah. been playing in stadiums, it, it can be feel a bit decadent. But then yes. he's turned that negative into a positive. It's not a negative as such, but he, he, no, he, it hasn't negative. crushed his dreams. No, it's not, it's not a negative. It's perfect. It's a perfect. It's a perfect two examples in the same family of um, you know different paths and yes. different opportunities that may, that may come. So you've got to take any opportunity that does come. And I feel like he's grabbed it with you know both hands. You know he played at Harringay, so he's a postman played at Harringay and Concord. These are teams in Conference South and yes. North and you know these levels, which is obviously football. Football is everywhere. So I'm just happy that he continued his dream. But, you know, I've always said if you're good enough, you will get spotted eventually. And that was his case. And that's why he's now flying and, you know, he's a wanted man. So hopefully long may that continue. Oh. Um, yeah, no, he's doing really well. I'm proud of him. Absolutely, Frank. And, you know, lovely words by you, by the way. Now, obviously, I've, my, my Wikipedia research let me down. But there was <laughs> the, the, the other statistics are for, for yourself. You, you talk about, the, you know, the, the, the honours that you've had in football. I mean... To play for your country, under-17s, I believe, in 2008, you got one cap. And in 2009, 10, yeah. you got eight caps uh, for England under-19s and, and scored yeah. twice. I mean, that, yeah. that that's that's huge, isn't it, Frank? No, it's fantastic, mate. Yeah, the under-19 one as well was a tournament as well. So we played, oh, I can't remember where it was now. But we played the under-19 tournament. And yeah, we got to the semi-finals, lost to Spain. Spain's team had like Thiago, Alcantara, um, a couple of other big names that you know went on to play for big teams in Spain. Um, so no, it was an unbelievable experience. I think France won that tournament. That, like uh, Griezmann up front, and you know these other players. So no, was yeah. like I said, was playing. So it was a great tournament. Us, we had some top players as well. John Bostock at the time was a big name. Yes, Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell. Um, Nathan Alfonso played for Villa back in the day, so we had a good, you know, we had some, we had some good players. Jack Walsher was there. Um, no, we, had, we, had a, we had a good team. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, great, great experience. I mean, that, th them two goals actually on YouTube. And my little, I got a younger brother who's sixteen. He sent it to me a few months ago because he said, oh, I, "I forgot that you played for for the England." So <laughs> age. I was like, "Yeah, you need to start respecting your." <laughs> Flipping out, yeah. Put some respect oh, on the name. Is yeah, it? No, put some respect on my name, please. Absolutely. Is, is your little brother any good? Is he going to make it as well, Frank, and make a trio? Yeah, you know, he's, he's doing well. He's doing. He's on trial in a minute at Watford. So okay. Crossing the fingers that he can, you can get signed there. There's a coach there called uh, Charlie Daniels. Yeah. Who I played with, and um, yeah, they scouted him. He was, he was playing at Livingston actually for a year ago, for the last year. Yeah. With my brother. Uh, he's over there, but then he's come back to, to England because there's a, a visa issue. They needed his parents to be living there as well as he was there. All right. So he's come back. Um, come back to England and yeah, he's just trialling around just to see 
in a way where he can, you know, make his name and hopefully he's Watford. If he's not Watford, somewhere else. So absolutely, you know, really, really, yeah, looking forward to it. They all, both of them are taller than me. I'm six three and they're both six four and six five. So, um, yeah. Flipping it, what was your mum feeding you all then? What was she feeding you like? For- you're, you're. I mean, I'm. A, I'm a big lad, but so you're all six three, six four, six five, and you're all. You've all. Yeah. You're, you know, hopefully making it in the game. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, and uh, yeah, they're both younger than me as well. So one's sixteen, and one is obviously twenty seven. And uh, myself and my parents are both five nine. So it's a weird. <laughs> it's a weird, weird one. But Bri- our uncles are really tall in, back in Ivory Coast, so uh, that's where it's come from. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so for you, Frank, if you can if you can look at this this great career, which isn't over by any stretch, you've still got a lot of years yeah. left in you. What's your highlight yeah. so far? Highlights, ooh. Um, highlight definitely coming on Premier League. Yes. That game coming on for that for that minute or so against Wolves for West Ham was obviously yeah, I like my career. My first start for West Ham was against Arsenal in the FA Cup. Um, which is brilliant playing against Van Marlin and William Gallas was a great experience yes uh, 17, 18 years old um, actually my first start in the Premier League is another one I remember every day playing against Villa away uh, we drew 0-0 but I picked up man of the match uh, oh. that day so it was brilliant, brilliant breathtaking uh, moments for me um, and you know what I've had every year I've had a moment where I've gone and sat back and gone Wow, I've, that, that was a great day in the football for me. It might have been a goal that I've scored a great goal for a certain club, yeah. or you know, maybe reaching the playoffs, or maybe surviving with a team. So these are the moments, but definitely debut, but always the ones you never forget. I definitely say that um, the moments will stand out forever. Oh, well, listen, Frank, it's been so, so nice to speak to you today. I wasn't really knowing what to expect. I do follow you on Twitter and I know you like a bit of banter and you know what? Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, but you've been so, so honest today and, you know, it, no we've loved having you on the podcast. I wish you great success for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um And listen, we hope to see you scoring goals again soon and hopefully back in the Football League. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, and then I, like I said, appreciate uh, having me on it. And I will be following, you know, the next few um, interviews you do as well. So I'll be, I can listen to mix one as well when it comes out. But thanks for having me on, and um, you know, respect to all the, the Wolves supporters and the Wolves family. And hopefully, they can stay up this season because there's a huge club. We don't want it going down, do we? Oh, we certainly don't, flipping it. But but Frank, thanks ever so much. Top man, no problem.